0: O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and Fully Loaded Chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. What's up everybody? Welcome to the show. I'm going to be real honest right here in the intro. I have so much stuff to cover that I I don't know where to start and so I'm just going to kind of ramble a little bit here. So hold on to your horses. Um, it's probably going to be a little bit or, unorganized, but I'm just going to go for it because so much is happening. There's so much going on. Um, it is prime time rut action. Like I've said before, guys, if you guys are not following either the Facebook or Instagram or both of the page, Oklahoma bow hunter, you absolutely need to be because there are just all kinds of deer getting put down daily. Like they can't even, uh, keep up with it. So please, please go follow the page. Oklahoma bow hunter, and uh, keep up with that. Uh, Man, I've been hunting and driving like crazy. Um, I did finally get a buck down on the ground. I'm not going to go into too much detail. I'm going to save that for another episode. But, uh, man, like, gosh, the first week in November, I... I went out to Texas for the Texas rifle opener, hunted out there, had some encounters, but didn't get anything done. While I was out there in Texas, my cameras in Oklahoma were going nuts. And so I actually drove back uh, and hunted on my place uh, Sunday evening. Well, again, didn't get it done. Following weekend, went back to Oklahoma, uh, got off work early on Friday, hunted Friday evening and Saturday. Things were just dead. Uh, my buddy texted me, he's like, hey, my cameras in Texas are going nuts. Nobody was out there. He wasn't out there. None of his other friends were out there. So I actually got in my truck, drove back to West Texas. I got there about midnight Saturday night, uh, got a few things loaded up, only slept about four hours, woke up, went hunting Sunday, and uh, ended up getting it done. So I'm going to tell that whole story on another day. Um, It's just, there's too much to, you know, get it all in uh, on this episode. And so, so look forward to that, getting it done. Tons of other people are getting it done. Man, guys, get out there. I guess when this comes out, it'll be rifle season, so I'm sure there's 10 times more people out in the woods than there normally are, and that is awesome. Like, get out there, get it done. Uh, You know, take your kids hunting, take your significant other hunting. Uh, I'm gonna be taking my great uncle hunting uh, next week um very excited about it. He if I if I had to say I had a mente- uh, mental <laughs> a mental hunting mentor, uh, it would be this guy. He uh used to let me hunt his spots on my grandpa's farm, kind of helped me out, tell me where to go. Uh and so I'm basically getting to re- repay the favor now, so I'm going to get to bring him out to our place and let him hunt. Very excited about that. Um so yeah, get out there like I said. Um I think I posted on my Instagram today like if you're if you ever thought about getting aggressive Right now is the time to do it. Um, you know, grunt, rattle, decoy, uh, push into that bedding area a little bit. Not too much. You know, you still got to play it safe. Don't go and, you know, be stupid and just throw all caution to the wind. You know, be smart about it. Um, but like I said, if you've ever thought about getting aggressive and getting in there, right now is that time. Um, yeah, we're about, what, a little over halfway through November now. Uh, things are going to be winding down here pretty soon. But there's still a lot of good rut action and a lot of good hunting to be had. Uh, So get out there. And once again, like I keep saying, guys, these last couple weeks, spend the time. Get out there in the woods. Find yourself a stump, a stand, a clump of trees. I was hiding behind a cedar tree Saturday morning. Um, All I did was cut like one or two limbs, kind of make a little gap that I could shoot through. Just get out there, guys. Put yourself in a good spot uh hunt a feeder hunt a uh, saddle hunt a transition zone whatever it is just get out there and spend a whole bunch of time doing it Uh, my wife is getting ready to get uh, she wants to get out there and do some rifle hunting very excited about that gonna be taking her um, she's actually probably gonna do some without me Uh, she has a few days off in the middle of the week around thanksgiving so she's gonna go out and hunt without me and then hopefully i'm gonna get to catch up with her uh, you know later in the week Uh, but yeah i'll be out this uh, weekend again doing some rifle hunting probably uh, I'm going to be hunting around Thanksgiving, and then, like I said, after Thanksgiving is when I'm planning to take my my great uncle out there. So, so yeah, that is my shotgun blast whirlwind, what's been going on with me. Uh, like I said, I'm going to go into a, a more detailed uh, analysis of, you know, what went on the last couple weeks and what happened with my buck and everything like that. So, but I will say it feels good to get one on the ground. Um, I don't know, it's weird, like, not that I put a whole bunch of pressure on myself, but I do feel like a big sigh of relief whenever I get a buck down. Um, you know, I just—it's something that I look forward to. It's something I put so much work into, and so uh, I don't know. It just makes me feel good when I when I get it done. And even though it wasn't on my property, it was out of state. Uh, a whole lot of work still went into it, and so yeah, it was it was awesome. Still got two Oklahoma buck tags in my pocket. Uh, about this time is where I start to shine. Um, I've told you guys before, I'm not a very good early season hunter. Uh, I'm not even, I wouldn't even say I'm the best rut hunter. I've had some success over in the rut over the year, but like if I had to pick my true bread and butter, it would be late season. And so I'm almost getting more excited that we're kind of getting into that time of year than I am about the rut. Um, The rut is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love hunting it. You never know what can happen. But I truly, I really love those late season hunts. So I got, uh, man, the two uh, big deer that I've kind of been after all season. And just recently a third mature buck. Not near as big as the first two, um, but definitely mature. He's a, um, I think he's actually a nine point, big mainframe eight. Got a little ninth point in there. So I, uh, I'd probably have to send an arrow his way if he walked out in front of me. And then still got the two big boys that I've been chasing all year. So so yeah, once again, I feel like I uh, shotgun blasted you guys and then gave you, a, you know, a second round there after that. But yeah, very excited. Hope you guys are still out there getting all excited and hunting hard. So with that, we're just going to go ahead and jump into today's podcast. Today we're talking to Amy Mattei, and Amy is an awesome gal. I really enjoyed this podcast, this interview. Uh, she's kind of a new hunter, but she has just completely submerged herself in it and jumped in head first. Um, she talks about how, you know, how she got started, how she's pushed herself since. Um, man, the, the thing that stuck out to me with her is just just her passion for the outdoors in general. She talks about you know, doing all day sits, putting the phone away, really focusing on what's going on out there in nature. And I just absolutely loved her passion. Um, she's also a taxidermist. Uh, she's gotten into taxidermy and started her own business. Uh, She's a big advocate for getting women out in the outdoors, and uh, like I said, just an all-around great gal, and so I really enjoyed my conversation. I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. I would highly encourage you to look up her taxidermy business after this episode. Uh, She lays out all the details when we get done, and yeah, that's going to do it for my intro this week. Like I said, this is a really good one with Amy. Hope you guys enjoy it, and get out there, like I said, keep hunting, hit it hard, guys. We're almost there. Uh, just keep going, because you're not gonna want to, you know, sit down in February and wish you would have hunted a little more. So stay out there, get after it, and until then, enjoy this podcast with Amy Mateig. Hey guys, it's me again. I lied. Um, I have one quick uh, public service announcement that I learned since I did this podcast, and so I'm gonna chop it in here real quick. Um, so a buddy of mine came up uh, and hunted our place this week and was able to kill uh, two deer, actually, and uh, he's from Texas, and luckily he was smart enough to look into this, and he let me know about it. Uh, Just recently, I think he said within the last two weeks, uh, Texas has passed a law about bringing CWD-susceptible animals across state lines back into Texas, and so luckily he called uh, a processor down there, and the guy told him that no, you are not allowed to bring whole deer across state lines, and so... Uh, I'm reading this from the Texas Parks and Wildlife website. No CWD-susceptible species, carcasses, or parts of carcasses can enter Texas from a state or country known to have CWD, and no CWD-susceptible species, carcasses, or parts of carcasses can be transported out of a CWD zone except, and it goes on to list the exceptions. Um, It's listing quartered deer, uh, brain and spinal cord tissue removed, uh boned meat, uh caped hides with skulls not attached. Um and so if you are a Texas hunter and uh really any state surrounding Oklahoma uh for that matter, you need to be sure to check your state regulations because CWD is a serious thing. Uh, It is definitely spreading, and so I just wanted to give that out there for all. I know we have a bunch of Texas listeners out there, and so I want you guys to be aware of that, especially with rifle season opening up and Thanksgiving and the holidays. So, be sure to check your your local regulations before you go and transport deer all over the place. So, sorry for uh, this weird, awkward uh, (laughs) cut in here, but I wanted to get that word out as quickly as I could, and this is the best way I knew how to do it. So. So yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. Now that that's out of the way, here is my interview with Amy McTagg. Hey everybody, welcome to the show today. And today I'm talking to Amy McTagg. How are you doing, Amy?
1: I'm just fine. Thank you for having me on the show today.
0: Yes, ma'am. I'm really excited about it actually for a number of reasons. We got a lot of topics to cover today. And uh Uh, before we get into all that though real quick why don't you just tell everybody you know who you are what you do where you're from and all that good stuff
1: all right Uh, again my name is amy and i am a full-time taxidermist i live in two locations one in stroud and one in ardmore just Mm -hmm. due to life situations right now but um i've got two places that i work out of and um living life to the fullest right now, doing everything that I've ever dreamed of doing with awesome. the taxidermy business.
0: Very cool. Very cool. How long have you been doing doing uh, taxidermy?
1: That's the funny thing. Um, I've been wanting to do this for the last two years mm-hmm. and it seemed that God just opened up pathways for me and just this summer I went to school and went through everything and I've opened my shop up and. August and have been running, hitting the ground ever since. Non stop. This is
0: great. Awesome. That's really good to hear. So so first yeah. full season as a taxidermist huh Yes. Yes. Loving every second of it too. Good. Very good. That's awesome. Well, it's funny that um so I actually I saw your picture on uh, Oklahoma Bow Hunter and reached out to you and um on my phone I keep a list of notes of, you know, podcast ideas and topics and everything and and uh, on my list i have you know talked to a tournament oh excuse me i have talked to a taxidermist i have talked to a female hunter and then of course i always you know have talked about stories and you know just have people tell their stories and so you check all three of those boxes so that's part of the reason i'm so excited to have you on today
1: well thank you i i am a avid hunter i Mm -hmm. love to be out outdoors my husband if he can't find me he knows that i'm outdoors doing something Mm -hmm. and um this is definitely right up my alley and I love bringing the animals. I always say this back to life because Mm -hmm. it seems like you just bring the personality back into them whenever you do the taxidermy. Mm
0: -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, like I said, we got a little bit or a long list of stuff to cover, so we're just going to take it one at a time. Uh, so real quick, you know, before we really get into, uh, you know, your story and everything, I want to talk about just being a woman in the outdoors. Um, and I guess my first question is just kind of how did you get started? You know, did you have a, a, a parent or a grandparent or something that got you into it when you were younger? Did it come later in life? Just how did you get into the outdoors?
1: Well, it came later on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, being a woman, I raised four boys. And it was, they were out in the woods. Two of them are avid hunters. The other two, they don't have much of a hunter's passion. Um, but, you know, I always stayed with the kids. Whenever they were little at home, I never mm-hmm. did get to go out into the woods and hunt. So my hunting started four years ago
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was one of those things. My husband just said, you know, do you want to learn how to do this? And I immediately said, yes. Mm-hmm. And he showed me how to, you know, do the crossbow. Mm-hmm. I told him that was where I wanted to start. And the first year, of course, I didn't do, I didn't get anything because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And the second year was whatever, I got my first buck mm-hmm. and I was hooked <laughs> and it was just beyond excitement. And then I got a pig and, you know, with my crossbow, that was, that was my goal, And I hit my goal mm-hmm. and I'm very goal oriented. So the next year it was, I wanted to tag out with my bucks. Mm-hmm. I wanted two bucks and it was one of those things, you know, I was like, well, I don't know if I can do that or not, but I'm going to sure try did it before the end of October. Oh, wow. And with a crossbow. Mm-hmm. So my husband thought, okay, well, I'm going to get her a compound bow. And I know that he probably, in the back of his mind, was probably thinking and hoping that I would not like the compound bow and <laughs> he would get it for <laughs> himself because we have to, you know, use the same thing. And, um, no, I, it was one of those challenges. I was like, no, nope, I'm going to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. And during the summer, I went out and hunted pigs and loved every second of that and with my bow. And now this is what I did with my bucks. I tagged out with my bucks this year with my compound bow.
0: Awesome! So. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, uh, I've talked about this before with other people, but, um, uh, you know, a huge advantage that we have, at least for most of Oklahoma. Um, I know the Northern part, maybe not as much, but having hogs for, uh, you know, a bow hunter and especially a beginning bow hunter is so handy. So awesome because, you know, they're still exciting, but you also, I mean, most people aren't quite as worried if they mess up and there's plenty of them. So, you know, you can get that experience. You can kind of get that, uh, the nerves down, you know, a little bit before you go out and try to, you know, go after that big buck that you've been dreaming of.
1: Oh yeah. And I did get the, the fever with everything that I drew back on.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) It was everything that I could do to pull the bow back. But you know, once you get it done and then you realize that you can do it, that was, that was my biggest, I think, rush that I was able to get out of the compound bow hunting next year. I got a different, I have a different goal for next year. Okay, going to be the stick bow.
0: Oh man, man. That's awesome. So I, 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 plan to make that my goal this year actually and I've I've only taken it one time uh I kind of backed off on it just a little bit because I honestly just haven't got to hunt near as much this year as I normally have so I'm kind of at that point like I want to make you know the most of when I go out but um but I'm thinking next year that's gonna so maybe we'll do it together there you go we're gonna go stick bow next year so
1: (laughs) it is a challenge accepted (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: all right all right so um so just you know, being a woman in the outdoors. You know, I think it's it's becoming more popular for sure. I think the old stigma of guys go out, girls stay in is kind of going away. But you know, I think there's definitely still some some challenges and stuff that come with it. So, just from your perspective, I, what would you say is kind of the biggest challenge to women getting outside?
1: Um, you know, the day as far as the challenge goes, the, the biggest challenge would probably be the woman just taking on the guilty concept of being you know being out there and choosing the outdoors for herself
2: mm.
1: instead of you know being the mother and being the you know the wife and being home whatever you know supper needs to be cooked and you know all those other duties that we feel that are our responsibility um but as far as you know the challenges it's just it's just like men it's mm-hmm. it's a daily life thing that's mm-hmm. the challenges um you know it's learning how to do this that's women don't usually put us in that category Mm -hmm. as far as you know being able to do this type of thing to provide for our family Mm -hmm. and you know with me stepping out of my comfort zone and doing something like this because a lot of my friends they don't realize or they don't see me in that type of um environment and whenever they see me or see my pictures with the kills that I've done or with anything that I've been doing lately, they're just like, Oh my gosh, we're so amazed at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then they say, we can do this. You know, I want to learn how to do this. I I hope that I can do something like that. And I'm like, just do it. You can learn how. (laughs) Uh Uh So, you know, my husband's been just my biggest advocate and just supporter with everything. He he tells me all the time. He's like, you're a sponge. Whenever Mm -hmm. I talk about the hunting, or talk about different, um, you know, things that he wants to teach me when it comes to the animals that are outside that we go hunt.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He, he says you just absorb everything that he he says because it's new to me, and I want to learn what it is about them to where I can do the best, best that I can when I'm out there by myself. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. But, it, you know, as far as, like, the challenges, I, I think everybody – is afraid of the dark. (laughs) Yeah. I I know I am, uh, Uh, you know, getting to my deer stand early in the morning before Mm -hmm. the sun comes up. That's the most dreadful time of my day. Mm -hmm. I I always say if I could put a bright light and bells on as I walk (laughs) down the aisle, I would do that Mm
2: -hmm. just
1: so that everybody would know I'm there Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't run into anything, but you know, that's, just the way that hunting is right. you got to conquer your fears
0: mm-hmm. that's definitely part of it definitely yeah hmm. did you find yourself and I, I, I don't know it's hard for me like I, I feel like with any of these questions i ask i'm being sexist or you know whatever but um you know just talking for most women, even my own mother you know like i feel like the kill is the hard part for them you know and i just feel you know i feel like guys, for whatever reason, don't have that problem. I feel like with a lot of women, maybe it's their, you know, more nurturing side, and they've, you know, especially women who've had children and, you know, given life. Did you, did you feel that, that like, that was a big hurdle for you?
1: I thought it would be whenever I first started, mm-hmm. um, because I had never done anything like that in my life, mm-hmm. you know, but I looked at it as far as putting, you know, food on the table. Mm-hmm. It, you know, the deer meat and, you know, backstrap or something like that. Of, But it was just a matter of looking at it through that perspective um, right. and respecting the animal. You mm-hmm. know, the white tail especially, that was a matter of being thankful for what you have. Because mm-hmm. even though you sling an arrow it does not mean you're going to kill it. Right. I mean, or, you know, the same thing with, if you go hunting, it does not mean you're going to kill anything. Mm -hmm. You, You can go out there and just enjoy the beauty of nature whenever you go out there. But, um, I, I guess as far as the nurturing part of it, yeah, I mean, there's a part of you that feels bad, but yet the part that you're providing for your family supersedes that feeling.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So. And, you know, I think it's funny, too, because that's, you know, like I said, I felt weird even asking that question, but it was not that long ago that, um, you know, men, women, both were, you know, cutting the heads off chickens before they threw them in a pot or, you know, running traps or doing, yeah. you know, we, we are not that far from the, the hunter gatherer days, as you call it. And so it I, it'd be curious to kind of figure out where that came from, like where that big switch came from.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's like society right now with social media and women needing to be so thin and mm-hmm. you know the way that they're making beauty is mm-hmm. beauty's in the eye of the beholder.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, hunting it can be it can be see it can be beautiful as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I said, if you're providing for your family, that to me is, is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So And I learned how to process my own deer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do it from start to finish, from everything. And so, to me, I am very thankful for every step of the way. It's not something that I just take to a processor and do, although I've done it before. Mm -hmm. Now, it's like, okay, no, everything is done by me. It doesn't ever leave my place for Mm -hmm. nothing, if it's going to go on the wall, even. Yeah. So.
0: Awesome. I like that answer. That's a good answer. All right. Well, on the kind of on the flip th- flip side, we've talked about some of the challenges. What about benefits? Do you see any benefits to being, you know, a woman on the outdoors? Whether that's, you know, whatever. I, I don't want to put any ideas in your head, so I'm going to stop there and let you answer first.
1: Uh, the benefits of being a woman in the outdoors—you mm-hmm. become more confident in yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely, a whole lot more confident um, because you you realize that you can do this, even though you didn't know what in the world you were doing beforehand. You are scared, you know, you may have gone out on your own or someone may have gone with you. However, you're still the one that pulls that action back Mm -hmm. and or, you know, the trigger or whatever it is. It's up to you to do that final part. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And if you can do that, that to me is an accomplishment. Um, And, you know, like I said, you're an example to others that they can do that, Mm -hmm. whether no matter what it is, if it's hunting or if it's another dream that they want to pursue. If they see you doing something positive and enriching your life, they might look and say, hey, you know what, I I can do that, too. That, to me, is the best thing that you can do for someone else is to give something to them that you're not even aware that you're doing.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. 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 You know, the example that I always hear people talking about a big benefit is uh, patience, that, you know, women tend to be more patient than men. They're willing to sit there, you know, longer. They're willing to (laughs) let the animal come in (laughs) a lot further, you know, and so patience is always the one I hear. So does that seem to be true with you and your family and your experience? Uh
1: Oh yeah, I could sit all day long Mm -hmm. and not see anything or see everything, but Mm -hmm. um, it's, yes, patience is definitely something that, you learn. Mm -hmm. And, um, it seems like I have more patience and I'm quieter.
2: Yep. Uh huh.
1: (laughs) Women, women can sit still longer and we can just be just to me, I I just, there's no phone, there's no interaction, there's no questions. There's no, there's nothing. And it's just me. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So therefore it's my time. That's, that's the benefits of hunting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's my time. It's not anybody else's. And so, um, but like I said, that's a twofold question.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You also have that challenge of putting yourself first as a woman, mm-hmm. because we don't do that very often. Mm-hmm. So
0: gotcha, gotcha. I'm definitely a fidgeter. I struggle with that bad. <laughs> so, and then of course, if I'm <laughs> if I'm sitting in a tree stand, my back starts hurting. And I always got to stand up and stretch and everything. So. Um, well cool uh is there anything else you'd like to say on that topic before we move on
1: i think we're good on that okay um if i think of something i'll i'll quickly say something else but okay. as far as i'm aware of that's that's good
0: perfect good all right well like i said i saw a picture of you on uh the site oklahoma bowhunter and you have a big old smile and a huge buck sitting in front of you <laughs> um, and so I would love to hear you tell that story. And at this point, I'm going to kind of go hands off and I'm going to let you tell your own story and I can't wait to hear it.
1: All right. Well, last week was the week. That was the week that I had told myself I was going to hunt hard and I was going to be out there as much as possible, mainly because deer season's wrapping up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know it's going to get super busy for me oh, on right. on my job side, mm-hmm. and you know basketball is also starting for me at the house with my son, and so, you know my time is was going to be cut short being able to be out in the woods. I was going to be needing to address my clients and stuff, and so I told my husband I said I'm going to be out there as much as possible, and he's like okay. So Tuesday went out there at two o'clock and hunted till six thirty, mm-hmm. and You know, put the hours in, and I was like, nothing. Well, Wednesday, same thing, 6.30 in the morning until 6.40 at nighttime. And that was, it was a drizzle day. It drizzled all day long. I have never in my life had so much more fun all day long. It was just an hour of no deer. So out of those 12 hours, 11 hours were full of deer, Hmm. running through, chasing, eating, I mean, I've never seen so many deer in my life, big bucks coming mm-hmm. through. And I'm like, oh, wait, 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 you know, <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop. I, come, come back, you know, uh-huh. I'm wanting to get you. Um, I could never get a shot off, but there was one I had at nine yards and I, I was drawn back and I'm like, just take one step. Mm-hmm. Please just take one step. And he just never did budge. And uh, Thursday... I was on on duty. My oldest one signed with the National Guard, and my youngest one had a football family night, so I was, you know, tied up all day long. And, of course, my mind was thinking, oh, oh those bucks are there. Those <laughs> bucks are there.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: Friday I was like, okay, I'm going to go back out. So I go back out, and all day, a 12-hour day, it was the most frustrating day of my life. Mm-hmm. There was only three deer, two different stands, and I texted my husband. He goes, honey, that's hunting. <laughs> that's the way hunting is. And I'm like, I know. So Saturday morning, I go out at 630 again, and I'm, you know, in my blind and waiting for everything. And just if it, it's a slow morning, very slow. If You know, a couple of does, a buck, you know, just a six-pointer six comes through. And I'm like, all right, so this is going to be one of those days again. Mm-hmm. And I look across my field about 150 yards, and this big monster comes out of the, you know, woods. And I'm like, oh, my, oh, my, please don't, please do not just cruise on by. Because that's all that they've been doing is just moving just on a hot trail. And he kept going along the tree line and then took a 90 and started coming straight to the blind. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I was counting his time. Counting his horns, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm going to take him. I'm going to take him, if he gives me a shot. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there, and he starts eating on some corn, and he's at 28, 25 yards eating and never would turn. But I, I attempted three times to pull back on my bow, and I was like, oh, please, please, God, let me pull this bow back, and I would get it all the way to my jaw and I could not get it any further and he looked up at me and I'm like oh no don't move don't move well he he trots just a little ways at around 32 yards away from me and just quarters away just perfect and I pull back one last time and as soon as I pull back he looks right directly at me and I I let the arrow fly and it hits him blood goes you know, where it needs to go, and mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, got him, and I uh, texted my husband, and I said, I got one, Get, come on out, and so it takes him about 20 minutes to get to our place, and uh, anyways, I didn't wait five minutes to get out of my blind, mm-hmm. and I know I should have waited longer, <laughs> but I knew where the blood was, and I just wanted to see if I could find my arrow. Mm-hmm. That was my main thing. Right. So I get out of my blind and I just, I walk so quiet and just barely get over there and I start seeing the blood on on the leaves and I'm like, yes, good shot, good shot. So I wait just a little bit of time, about 15 minutes, and then I I wander and follow the blood trail just going super slow and scanning just to see if I could see anything. And uh, uh, he ran maybe 50 yards. Mm -hmm. maybe 50 yards in the grass and he was laying there but you know when I was about 20 yards away I could smell Mm. smell those bucks you know that they give off and Mm -hmm. I was like yes so (laughs) he was such a beauty and he weighed well after we you know gutted him out in the field and Mm -hmm. um I did 90% of that Mm -hmm. I will say 90% I can't do all of it yet yeah just just not quite there i will get Mm -hmm. there but just not quite there but um got him home and he weighed 183 whenever we got him home Uh and it was a it was a long day of processing and putting him up and getting him in the freezer and uh we've got a total of 58 pounds of ground venison and Numerous roasts and mm-hmm. for jerky and different things, and so we're we're set for a while. Awesome. I'd say, awesome. Yeah.
0: The uh, well, real quick, uh, kind of the, for the people listening, describe him just a little bit. You know, how many points and all that good stuff.
1: Well, he was a beautiful chocolate-colored mm-hmm. antler uh, buck. He had ten points, and um, someone pointed out on the picture that it looked like he had a double white patch Mm -hmm. and I'm going to check that out on his hide whenever I get to it I didn't notice it Mm -hmm. but someone else had pointed it out but um, he was very 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 large
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, when I measured his neck it was 24 (laughs) and he was just definitely in rut Mm -hmm. it was just a beautiful beautiful buck yeah
0: yeah the thing he he
1: was not a young one he was not a young one he was he was one of those old ones with the, you know, thick tines mm-hmm. that were at the base. So yep. he was a good one to take care of.
0: Absolutely. Definitely looked mature. And, yeah, the thing that stuck out to me was those chocolate antlers. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen that in the Oklahoma buck. That's, you know, usually what you picture in South Texas or Mexico. Um, but, yeah, really cool, dark antlers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was he was pretty. Mm-hmm. Very, very pretty
0: awesome and
1: yes he's going on the wall (laughs) i was about to say
0: i i mean that one uh yeah he could have been half the size and i think that one needs to go on the wall so
1: yeah but uh yeah yeah. definitely
0: awesome awesome that's so cool so cool man i'm i'm dreaming of one of those uh one of those days i i have yet to in my entire life i've never done an all-day sit um i planned to do it last year and uh, but the day that I'd planned to do it, the wind switched, and so I kind of was forced to to make a stand or yeah, stand switch. And then uh, this yeah. year, like I said, I've just been busy and and haven't been able to get a an entire day to where I can get out there and sit. But uh, but yeah, I I I I want to do it one time, at least one time, more just to experience it more than anything. So so yeah, I I really respect you for doing that multiple times. Well,
1: there, there's just so much that you you see when you go out there and you take mm-hmm. yourself out of what, you know, the daily living aspects of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just to watch the does, you see the different personalities that mm-hmm. they have, you know, you know who rules the roost, you mm-hmm. know, who's the the new one that's coming into the area, you know, mm-hmm. all of these different things and people didn't realize all of these different characteristics that are out there. Um But, you know, I'm also looking at these deer and looking at the bucks whenever they're you know, eating the corn or, you know, just out there looking at the way that they, their natural look
2: mm-hmm. to see
1: if I can duplicate that whenever mm-hmm. I am working. Yeah. I mean, it's just something that I truly enjoy and you get to see so many different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, di- I, I call them dinosaurs that come through the leaves. Those <laughs> armadillos, <laughs> yeah. I
2: swear
1: they sound yeah. just like a dinosaur walking through the leaves. It's
2: mm-hmm.
1: amazing. And then, You know, you get squirrels and you get raccoons and skunks and coyotes and foxes and, you know, the list is numerous. But Mm -hmm. if you're quiet enough and you're still enough, you can see a lot of stuff out there that's so fun just to watch and Mm -hmm. enjoy.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's cool. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate that story. And uh, I want to go ahead and move on to our last little segment here. And uh, you are a taxidermist. And uh, this is something that, you know, probably should have done a few weeks ago. Uh, But I think now's a good time. You know, I think a lot of people are are getting into the bucks right now. And so let's say I'm out there and I shoot a buck and I decide that I want to put him on the wall. I want to get him mounted. From your perspective, uh, you know, what are just some tips and things that people need, just basically some good common practices that people need to do if they're planning to mount their deer?
1: Well, do not cut the throat. Mm-hmm. Do not <laughs> cut up the brisket. Mm-hmm. And do not cut between the horns. Gotcha. I mean, if if you're going to get to that point, let the taxidermist take Take the hide off of it. Mm-hmm. Let let them do it. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be doing as much as you can out in the field, um, you know, cut behind the front sh- the front legs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just in other words, cut it in half on the hide, and take as much as you can. You're it's better to be safe than sorry. Right on the hide.
0: Right. And you, when you, you, know, you say just, half, you're talking about you know like basically between the legs. You know, halfway down its body. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm horizontal around the belly mm-hmm. um, that's usually what I recommend and don't don't put salt on your hide mm. if you're out and about and you're not going to be coming back in don't put salt on it and don't put it directly on ice mm. um, you also don't want to fold the hide you want to fold the hide together you don't want to fold the hair together mm. so right. if you were to um, you know put it hair to hair side there's a high chance that you're going to pull that hair out Mm. and it'll be bald on one side of the hide. So you Mm. definitely don't want that. Gotcha. Um, Some other things is try to clean it as much as you can. You Mm. don't want dirt and you don't want, you know, leaves and grass, which I know you're dragging it through, you know, from the woods to a certain area. But wash it down as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And don't let that stuff dry on the skin to where it'll cause, you know, the bacteria to start growing or anything like that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, that kind of stuff helps, uh, you know, and fold it up. Mm-hmm. You can fold those things as much as you can. Put it in a bag, double bag it, mm-hmm. and get it into a cold environment. You can put it into an ice chest, but put it in a bag first is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Don't put it directly on ice. Mm-hmm. That's That would be bad for it.
0: Yeah. Though. I'll I'll tell you what I do and you can tell me if this is good or bad. So when I'm, you know, cleaning it, uh I'll cut up the belly up to the sternum with my knife. And I and I don't cut any hide or hair past that sternum. Is that, you know, basically that's, you know, as far as I would cut and then I reach up into the cavity to get the rest of the stuff out. But is that okay? You know, up to about the sternum? Yes.
1: Yes, that's that would be perfect. And then also, you know, cut from the underside. Mhm. If you can, you know, make your incision and then cut from the underside instead of cutting across the hair. Mm-hmm. For one, that's going to dull your knife like crazy. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, you know, you're going to salvage as much hair as possible for if there were to be, you know, anything that we needed or, you know, for the mount. You, you just don't want to lose any hair if right. you can possibly help it. Mm-hmm. So. Now, what, yeah, that's perfect.
0: Now what about the legs? Should they cut? I've heard I've seen people cut, you know, on the line of the, the tan and white. I've seen people cut all the way in the white. What do you recommend there?
1: Well, you know, if you're gonna be cutting behind the legs on the belly side, mm-hmm. I would say pull the legs, you know, straight to that same area that mm-hmm. you're gonna be cutting on the belly. Gotcha. So however many inches that is, do the same thing on your leg. and Just cut around it.
2: Mm.
1: And then that way you have that hide. And then also, whenever you're making that incision from the leg to the belly, Mm -hmm. cut it on the belly side of it. Don't cut it. Yeah, that's what I was trying to ask.
0: Yeah, that's what I was trying to ask. Okay.
1: Yeah. Hmm. You want to try and save as many cuts that are going to be visible as possible, in other words.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So you would go basically... From the well, I guess elbow up the arm and then straight back to the stomach, towards the stomach. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, gotcha. That's what I would go. Yeah, straight, mm-hmm. I would almost like go to the straight of the hindquarters.
0: Gotcha. Okay, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, okay, interesting. All right, I'm learning. I'm learning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all are. <laughs> uh huh, that's the thing.
0: Yep. And then, so once I make those cuts, I, I usually, you know, pull out, I make no more cuts and I basically pull the hide and, you know, slice it from the inside and basically get it as close up to its skull as I can. And then typically I'll just cut through that meat and cut the neck and leave all the stuff, you know, in the face and everything. I usually leave that for the taxidermist. I don't try to cut around the horns. I don't try to cut the eyes out and all that good stuff. Is that typically what you see and prefer?
1: I would prefer that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I've had some, and that's the reason why I said do not cut between horns. Mm-hmm. I had a, an incision with one of my clients and it was between the eyes where they mm. were attempting to take the cape off. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this is going to be an interesting repair.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but no, it, you know, there's a lot of meat on the neck. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're, if you want to cut it all the way up to the skull, that's fine, mm-hmm. as much as you can. Mm-hmm. But I've had some that cut it at the base of the neck mm-hmm. and brought that in. And, you know, it's just a lot of meat that is wasted. Right. You know, that's that's the bad part.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: a lot of the processors, though, they, they've, they've done well on preserving um, a good portion of the neck part mm-hmm. and leaving enough to where it's it's good enough for you know the caping whenever I get them Mm -hmm. um so I haven't had any processors that have done you know any bad cuts or Mm -hmm. you know anything like that it's mainly from individuals that have you know didn't know really what to do but yeah that'd be great if they could just cut the neck off and then Mm -hmm. just get it to me as quickly as possible or put Mm -hmm. it into a cold environment yeah that's the main thing
0: Mm -hmm. that was going to be my last tip you know if if you're listening to this and you don't feel comfortable doing any of that just take it to your processor and usually for a very small charge they'll cape it out for you that's always the safest way to go
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that is definitely the safest way and then you just they'll keep it in the freezer until the following day until you can get it Mm -hmm. and then you can drop it off Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or get it to wherever it needs to go and then the taxidermist they can take it off for you
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. But when
1: I say take it off, I'm saying take the hide off of this, you know, the skull and then mm-hmm. take the antlers and do what we need to do to preserve it.
0: Yeah. All right. Now, real quick, uh, I want to branch out just a little bit, you know, out from deer and stuff. You know, let's say somebody shoots a duck they want to get mounted or maybe a bobcat, something like that. What do you prefer in that situation?
1: Well, you would do. As far as the bobcat or any fur animals, you Mm -hmm. would do the same thing. You would, you know, do the field dress and get as much out as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you would pretty much fold it up, you know, rinse it out if you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Fold it up, put it in a bag, and then double bag it and put it in a cold environment. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: The ducks or a bird of that type, you would immediately probably just put it whole into the freezer Mm -hmm. and then get it to your taxidermist
0: what about pantyhose i've always heard about pantyhose slip it head first into some pantyhose
1: you can do that it's we're gonna wash them whenever we get them Mm -hmm. and we're gonna you know take care of them the way that they we're gonna wash and clean them before we even start that's what i'm saying Mm. but you guys don't need to necessarily do that but if pantyhose make you feel better that's (laughs) that sounded really funny but yeah (laughs) you know for the ducks yeah, uh-huh. go ahead and do that. And then that way, you know, it does keep everything in line and mm-hmm. it'll make it easier for y'all to freeze them too.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think. Uh, what about, let's say somebody just wants a Euro mount. Do they need to do anything special there?
1: No, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. They can do the same thing. And, you know, if if they choose a Euro because of the price, mm-hmm. Um they can always donate their capes to the taxidermist. We all Mm -hmm. are always in need of capes. Yeah. Um, But, you know, a lot of times euros are sometimes chosen because they've lost the cape Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, because they couldn't find the deer, you know, for a while and the coyotes got them or the pigs got it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, euros are a little bit more forgiving. Mm -hmm. um, And they look cool whenever you, whenever you do them right, Mm -hmm. they look really nice. Mm -hmm. So don't, people don't need to be afraid of the euros. <laughs> gotcha. Because they're definitely a very good style too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've been moving. I've been getting a lot of euros lately because I, I messed up basically. Yeah, when I first started kind of killing some slightly larger deer, you know, I was like, I wanted to get them mounted. I was like, Oh, you know, I want shoulder mounts on the wall. And uh, now that I've kind of, you know, upped my standards some more now I'm, you know, killing deer that are, bigger than the ones I have mounted on the wall, but I don't necessarily want to pay to have them mounted. So I've been getting a lot more yeah. euros the last couple of years. So.
1: Yeah. It's always good to have a challenge and it's always good to, you know, try and make yourself hit a goal that you've never hit before. Mm-hmm. And those deer seem to hit that every year for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you always see those, you always try to see those bigger deer and try and get those bigger deer. Uh-huh. But you know, with anything that's, that's good. I, I'm glad that you do euros. Mm-hmm. So,
0: but uh, yeah, if I shot one like yours, though, I'd probably go for the shul- full shoulder mount. I don't think my wife could stop me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he he, my husband and I already have a place for him. We're, awesome. we're anxious to get him on the wall. <laughs> good,
0: good. Right. Okay. Well, Amy, before I let you go, um uh, any other tips or tricks or, uh, any other things you'd like to say?
1: No, uh. You know, I'm, I am a new shop that's opened Mm -hmm. up here in Oklahoma and Mm -hmm. yeah, being a female taxidermist, there's not very many of us out here. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, you know, I, I specify in detail. I love, I love my job too. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's, that's a huge advantage. Mm -hmm. Um, but working full time at it also, you know, the turnaround time is pretty quick. Mm Mm-hmm mainly because of working full-time at it Uh, but you know it is it's season two so Mm -hmm. you know this is my first season being active with everything so it'll be exciting to see how this journey goes but yeah Yeah. i'm i'm excited for prime time Mm -hmm. to get it get it start
0: awesome Awesome. And speaking of, you know, if people want to get a hold of you, if they want your business, uh, how can people find you or what's the best way to get a hold of you?
1: Well, I have Primetime Taxidermy. I am on Facebook and I'm on Instagram at Primetime Taxidermy 2021 on Instagram. Um, But I also have a business phone and they can give me a call or a text and just ask some questions on that. That'd be fine. And the primetime number is 918-290-8633.
0: Awesome. Primetime taxidermy. All right, Amy, I've really enjoyed this. I appreciate you coming on.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me and reaching out to me and letting me tell a little bit of my story.
0: Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. All righty, Amy. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and we'll talk to you later.
1: All right. Thank you so much.
0: There we go, another great podcast in the books. Thanks, Amy, for coming on. I'd really encourage you guys to look her up and uh, you know send her some business to her taxidermy business. Uh, just a really awesome person. So thanks again for coming on, Amy. Guys, let's see here. This one's going to drop November twenty second, which means the dog days of the rudder here. Times winding down. This uh, you know the special three or four weeks that we look to every year is coming to an end so don't let it go by uh too quickly you know take full advantage of it this is also going to drop the week of thanksgiving so don't forget to spend some time with your family and eat lots of food just like the rut comes and goes so does life so don't let it pass you by you know don't forget about the people who are important to you so that's going to do it for this week like i said happy thanksgiving get out there hunt hard Season's going to be over before you know it, so don't let it pass you by. Thank you guys for listening once again. Check out my social media pages, Instagram, Facebook. And until next time, I will see you guys later.